Welcome and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Donovan, my wife Jessica and I are the lead pastors here at Destiny Church Praha. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media or visit our website at destinypraha.com. Let's get into the Word. to be with you this morning. It is such an honor for me to be bringing the word. You know that I'm just so passionate about just sharing really practical things from the word of God. Most times I end up preaching from the Old Testament, but I'm just so excited to be here this morning. And yeah, I love just that we can come together as a church family, even in these crazy times and that we can really get into the word together, just get some fresh revelation and some fresh direction on the way forward. So this morning, I'm going to be preaching on the story of Ruth, but before I get into it, and while you get your Bibles ready and you turn to the book of Ruth, let's open up in prayer. God, we want to thank you for the institution of church. Lord, we want to thank you for this great plan, this great idea that you brought together, Father God, where people of every nation, every tribe, every tongue would come together, joined by unity, joined by this one thing, and that is you, Jesus. And we want to thank you, Father, that even as the world seems to be separating and falling apart around us, Lord, we want to thank you that we have a living hope, and that is you, Jesus. We have a living hope in the church. We have a family, Father God. We have this kingdom family where we can come together over your word, your truth, and we can take this light to the ends of the earth, Father, this light, this hope. So I pray that you bless the word this morning. I pray that it just may fall on such fertile ground in each and every one of our hearts and that you may speak to each and every one of us individually this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So before I get into a couple of nuggets that I found in the book of Ruth, I'm just going to give some of you a backstory. If you haven't yet read the story of Ruth, I encourage you to go and read it and to listen to this message again via our podcast. So if this is the future self-listening, if this is the future you, hi, welcome again to the podcast. Hope that you're ready to learn some more things. So the book of Ruth, it's in the Old Testament, just a couple of chapters. And really just one of my favorite, favorite, favorite Bible stories. Ruth is married. She has a mother-in-law. She has a sister-in-law. So ultimately, it's the three women and the three men. And at the start of Ruth, we see that Ruth loses her husband to illness. And the same illness also takes her father-in-law as well as her brother-in-law. So this family of six has now been reduced to to Noemi, her mother-in-law and then Ruth, and then Ruth's sister-in-law, Orpah. So these three women have just been widowed. They found themselves in Moab and sort of not sure on the way forward. If you want to speak about a hopeless situation, this is pretty much the epitome of a hopeless situation. So Noemi looks at her two daughter-in-laws and she says, you have no need to stay with me. I do not expect you to stay with me. If anything, I encourage you to move on. I encourage you to move along, go and find new families. I cannot provide for you. The word goes on to say that Noemi says to them, even if I had hope, it wouldn't work out. So Noemi's saying, listen, I don't have hope, but even if I did, it still wouldn't work out. There is really no reason for you to think that sticking with me is going to get you anywhere in life. So Orpah thinks, well, this is a great opportunity. This is an easy out for me. And Orpah goes, 
Ruth turns to Naomi and she says, where you go, I go, your people will be my people. What a beautiful picture. It actually says here in Ruth 1 verse 16, it says, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. It, con it continues to say that when Noemi recognized or realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So Ruth and Noemi make their way back to Bethlehem. So they were in Moab and then they made their way back to Bethlehem. When they arrived just, you know, to provide for them while they were staying in a cave because they literally had nothing, Ruth goes out into the harvest fields and she sort of picks up the scraps that the harvesters are throwing on the ground just so that they can have some food. Due to that, she is noticed by Boaz who actually owns the fields and is a kinsman redeemer for their family. Now, what that means is in those times, basically, if a family or if a woman was widowed, she could remarry somebody within the family, right? Kin means family. So she could marry a kinsman redeemer who would then ultimately be a family member who could marry her and the family lineage could continue. He would redeem her in the sense that he would then provide for her and she would not be known as sort of... Uh, rejected on the outskirts of town as a widow or as a poor person because she would be fully provided for. So ultimately a redeemed kinsman redeemer would be a family member who would come and just save the lineage of the family and provide. So Boaz realizes this about Noemi, Noemi uh, about Ruth. Ruth goes to Boaz and says, will you marry me? Will you redeem me? He then says yes and ultimately the two of them marry, they have children and friends that lineage, their children, that is the direct lineage of Jesus. What God did in the situation literally played itself out to the birth of Jesus Christ. So this morning, in these couple of points that I want to share, I want to remind you that there is no situation. There is nothing too far to reach from the hand of God to redeem and restore for his eternal kingdom purposes and for your good and pleasing benefit. So first off, I just want to sort of encourage you that when you are in doubt, when you don't know what the next steps are, when you're faced with so many questions, when you're faced with circumstances that seem extremely hopeless, go with what you know. Ruth did not know much and she didn't have much. Everything she had was taken from her. Essentially, she had been married for 10 years when her husband died and she hadn't bore children yet, which means that she was barren. So she was now a barren widow. She was a Moab, okay, living in Jerusalem. So that means that she was a foreigner. So basically, she had every reason to be shunned. She had every reason to give up and basically just die for lack of a better word she had nothing going for her you know and this wasn't back in the now in these times where you know sisters are doing it for themselves and she can build a life that she's truly proud of and all those good things and start an instagram profile you know girls women rule the world it's a very different time guys okay so she really was hopeless and faced with so many questions and here she's you know noemi offers her an easy out and i know many of us probably would have taken that out you know, an opportunity to go and build a new life rather than stay with this old, bitter, hopeless woman. You know, and even as Ruth is found herself surrounded by a completely hopeless Noemi, I think so many of us also find ourselves surrounded by people who are very 
negative. You just don't seem to see the hope in the situation. They don't seem to see any anything positive in the season that we're in. And instead of being influenced by this hopelessness, instead of being influenced by the people around her, instead of being influenced by the circumstances that surround her, instead of being influenced by what how hopeless her future seemed, Ruth went with what she knew. She felt prompted in her heart that she needed to stay with Noemi, and that is what she did. She knew that she had made a vow. She knew that she had made a promise to the family that she would take care of Noemi. And she didn't know what the future would hold, but she knew this one thing. And church, this morning, I want to ask you, what is the one thing that you know? When you are faced with doubt, when you are faced with questions, when you're almost numbed, by how the past year robbed you of so many things, but what is the one thing that you know? What are some of the things that I know? I know that God is good. I know that He's a loving Father. I know that His plans for me are good. I know that His promises are true. I know that His word never returns void. That means that there is no way that He can speak His life, His promises over me and that they will just fall by the wayside. I know that He's faithful to fulfill every promise He has made to me. Even in our own lives, as many of you know, we're trying to grow our family. We need to make some more strong babies. And Eli was a miracle. And we know that God, for many years we've been told that we couldn't fall pregnant and yet here Eli was this miracle. So even now as we try again, you know, to grow our family, we don't know much and we're faced with a lot of hopelessness. But one thing we do know is that he's done it before and he's going to do it again. So that is the one thing I know that I'm holding on to when I'm faced with so much doubt in my own life. But I want to ask you, what is the one thing that you know? And if you're unsure as to how to answer that question, another way I can word it is, what is the last thing that God said to you? What was the last thing that you read in the Bible? And here's a quick pop quiz, everybody. What was the last thing that you read in the Bible? Pop it into the comments over here. We're going to be keeping tabs, giving scores. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. <laughs> no pressure. But really, I want to ask you, if I had to phone each and every one of you today and say, hi, please tell me the last thing you read in the Bible, what would you say? And this is not a condemnation question. This is this is maybe an awakening or a realization for many of us that we need to be turning our ears towards God and we need to be getting into the Word and asking the Holy Spirit to show us what is God saying in this season. And if you feel like God is being quiet in this season, I want you to ask, what God, what was the last thing you said to me? And fall back on that. So when you're faced with all these uncertainties, when you're faced with these questions, when you're faced, church, with people around you who are trying to influence you with their hopelessness, with their negativity, what is the one thing that you know? The next thing I want to encourage you is to check your season. Now, many of you know that we were just in South Africa and we came from 30 degree weather, swimming in the pool every day, having a braai, that's a barbecue, having a fires going, it was really just a great time. And we got back and we found ourselves in this winter wonderland, okay? So I started off my new year in summer, in the summer season, and I've now come here in winter. But what happens, now just, Hear me out here. What happened if I woke up in the new year in summer and I planned my year and I planned my business, I planned my family, I planned my finances, I planned all my hopes and dreams around being in summer. So let's say my dream was to open up a surfboard rental shop 
and um, I decided, well, um, it's summer now, so the surfboard rental is going to go really, really well. And then I come back to Prague, come back to Reality Czech Republic, and I'm wondering why my surfboard rental shop isn't doing so well in the snow. Guys, it's, it's a silly example, but the thing is we do this. We do this. We take the current season that we're in and we plan our hopes and dreams around what we can see around us instead of having an eternal vision, an eternal mindset, a kingdom mindset where we know that seasons change but God is still good and He's still working. When Ruth said to Noemi, Noemi, I will go with you, I will stay with you. They were 3,000 kilometers away from Bethlehem where they needed to be. Now Google, that journey, 3,000 kilometers would take four months, okay? Those four months would mean that there would be a change in season. When they were leaving Moab and when they would get to Bethlehem, that would be the start of the harvest season. And that harvest season is what caused Ruth to be in the fields, to get noticed by Boaz, to be redeemed and to create the lineage of Jesus Christ. If that is not a story of redemption, I don't know what is. So I want to ask you today, check your season. Ask God, what season am I in? And stop limiting your hopes and dreams to the current season that you find yourself in. Your season does not define you. Your season does not label you. But you should allow it to mold you. You should allow the season, whatever season you may find yourself in, whether it's a season of quietness or isolation, you should allow it to develop something in you that builds into your character, that builds into your spiritual life, that gives you strength for whatever the next season is going to be. Maybe it's a skill building season for you. Maybe it's a, a season of learning to take care of your mental health. Maybe it's a season of getting your finances right. Whatever the season is, know your season. Amen? Great. Next thing I want to speak about. We spoke about seasons now, and some of you may find yourself in a season of waiting. So my next point is to get busy in the waiting. When Ruth got to Bethlehem, they had nothing. They were staying in a cave. There was no provision for them. And Ruth said, well, let me just go out into the fields and me gather what the harvesters are dropping and we can sort of eat off that. And her tenacity, her commitment to working those fields is what got her noticed by the field foreman who ultimately then passed on the word to Boaz and Boaz came to see this woman who had been spoken about for having such a diligent commitment and just ability to work harder than any of the other harvesters. You see Ruth could have gotten to Bethlehem and she could have said well you know Noemi I did give up a lot to come for you to come with you so I'm just going to use this next season just for a bit of self-care I'm just going to use this season as a bit of rest you know I'm just going to maybe just use this time to maybe develop my resume a bit you know maybe I'll learn a new skill you know maybe I'll just I'll wait I'll wait until somebody comes up into my deep dark cave where we live with no food and says hi Ruth we have a job for you and again, it seems dramatic, but yet we do it, church. We don't want to get busy in the season of waiting. We want to wait for the big angels to descend and to tell us what the next steps are. Not knowing that our get, us getting busy in the season of waiting could ultimately outplay the rest of our lives. Ruth's commitment, Ruth's 
diligence, the way she stewarded her, her time, her efforts, her work life, her seemingly secular. And I use that word because often we think, you know, so many of us want to do great things for God and we think God only cares about the great things, that we think he doesn't care about the secular things. He thinks, we think he doesn't care about the worldly things. Yet Ruth stewarded everything right. And I think if we can just take it, guys, just from even a, a very emotional and point of view, if you think about this woman, she had lost her husband, she had lost her father-in-law, she had lost her brother-in-law, and she had now just lost her sister-in-law. She had lost everything. They had been journeying now for four months. They had no food. They're living in a cave. This life that she thought she had, okay, a couple of months back, she thought she was going to be married, have children, grow up in family, you know, like... Everything she thought she had been taken from her and I can imagine that the last thing she wanted to do is to be picking up scraps on, on the floor of the field. I can imagine that she was probably heartbroken and that she was filled with doubt and the last place she wanted to be was working. I can imagine as, as a woman losing all that, even as, just, as a man, just you would want to just curl up in a ball and question everything. Question why it's even worth it to keep living your life so I can imagine I don't imagine Ruth skipping into the field church I don't imagine her skipping in there saying hey I'm so excited to pick up some scraps it must have been so hard for her and I know for a lot of you it's hard to get up it's hard to get busy in this season because the past year has just told us to stay inside and just play play this sort of easy game, lay low, don't make a fuss, don't try and do anything. And I'm telling you that we need to get going. Because as I said earlier, when I spoke about the season, many of you are in the season of just laying low. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to say anything in hopes of being disappointed again. I know many of you had hopes and dreams for last year. And you're scared to trust again. You're scared to hope again. And you're in the season of, of sort of waiting. And you don't know that you're about to walk into a season of harvest. When Ruth and Naomi left Moab to go to Bethlehem, they didn't know that by the time they got to Bethlehem, it would be the exact song of the harvest season and that that harvest season would get her noticed by Boaz, would redeem her family, would redeem every single hope and dream she had for herself and then some. I want to tell you to get up. I want to tell you to try again. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know that your soul and your flesh is telling you just to lay low. I know that isolation is hard. I know that lockdown is hard. I know that putting your dreams and your hopes on hold is hard. But I want to tell you to get busy in the waiting. And what does that look like? For some of you, it's just stewarding your time right. For some of you, it's being more diligent in your waking up times, your going to sleep times. For some of you, it's stewarding your health correctly. For some of you, it's getting your house in order, getting your finances in order. We cannot say that God is not speaking, that there is nothing to do when we have so much even just in our daily lives, in this season, that we can be getting right. So get busy in the waiting because God sees it and he honors it. Just as he honored Ruth's decision to go with Naomi, just as he honored her to getting busy in the field, just as he honored her as she asked Boaz to redeem the family, he's going to honor you for these little decisions that you're making. Because point number four, every decision matters. I said earlier, 
We think that God is not doesn't concern himself with our day-to-day -day lives, with the little decisions we make in our family. We think God doesn't concern himself that we have a problem with online shopping or we have a problem with, with how much alcohol we drink or we have a problem with with laziness, that we can't get ourselves out of bed before three o'clock in the afternoon. We think God doesn't concern himself with those things. But I wanna tell you that you are his child and that everything you do and every decision you make concerns him. It comes to his attention because he is fully devoted to you and your whole life, it's in his hands. And those decisions you make, every little thing you do, it matters. Ruth decided to go with Noemi. She then decided, even though she was widowed and barren and heartbroken, to go and work in the fields to provide for the family. She decided to go to Boaz and say, Boaz, will you redeem me? She decided then to marry him. And ultimately, she decided to have children with him. And that, this lineage, as I said earlier, is the direct lineage of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Every decision matters but I also want to add here and this is my final point that that word that every decision matters is somewhat sobering but also somewhat hopeful you know knowing that that every decision we make this year is part of a much bigger plan a much bigger story that God's writing but some of you may also feel like you've made decisions in the past that you potentially regret or decisions that you've made that you feel they're too far gone now it's it's too far down the rabbit hole there's no there's no coming back from this and i want to remind you just as in the story of ruth tells us that there is nothing that is too far out of reach that god cannot redeem god redeemed everything that had been stolen from ruth probably even the things that she didn't desire to be redeemed you know, we know that Ruth was married to her husband for 10 years before he died and they hadn't had children. And in those times, you know, it wasn't really about IVF and all these fancy fertility things, you know, like she was probably considered barren. And I can imagine her questioning God, you know, why? Why was I barren, you know? And, and God redeems so many things in her life. He redeems, you know, by, he redeems her by, you know, her marrying Boaz and the family name is now redeemed and she's provided for and she has safety and security. But I can imagine that, you know, that little part that was just in the back of her mind, you know, when she fell pregnant, I can imagine her still asking God, but I couldn't fall pregnant for 10 years. Why am I pregnant now? And I want to tell you that God will even redeem the things that you've hidden deep 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 inside of you the things that you have never voiced the things that nobody knows about he is so good at redemption that he's going to redeem everything that you voice to him and even the things that you don't ruth wasn't asking boaz to please you know impregnate her so that she can continue the family line she was just asking that her her life her provision her that she would be redeemed that noemi would be safe you know that they would be provided for all those other things you know were probably in the back of her mind and what a beautiful picture just as Boaz redeemed Ruth as Ruth went to Boaz we know that Boaz didn't approach Ruth Ruth went to Boaz and she she kneeled at his feet and she said Boaz will you redeem me and he agreed and maybe this is a prompting for some of you to really be intentional this year and vulnerable before God with the areas in your life that you are trusting that He will redeem. 
what you believe has been stolen from you over the past year, whether it's time, whether it's family relationships, whether it's promotions or job opportunities or travel opportunities, everything, church ministry opportunities, opportunities of volunteering in church or serving in a church, everything that you believe has been stolen from you over the past year is not too far out of reach for God to redeem. And just as Boaz redeemed Ruth, we have been redeemed by Jesus. As Boaz redeemed Ruth and the family line was restored and he welcomed her and welcomed Noemi into his provision, into his family. When God sent his son Jesus and when Jesus came, he ultimately redeemed each and every one of us. He welcomed us into his kingdom family. He welcomed us into his great inheritance. He welcomed us into, into his endless and living hope that is each and every one of ours. So my prayer for you today, church, is that everything that you feel that was stolen from you over the past year would be redeemed. That God would give you clarity on what the next steps are and what He is saying. And that there would be an increase of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of your lives to discern your season. That you would find the courage to get up and get busy in the waiting, no matter how you're feeling. And that there would be a surrendering of certain areas in your life that God needs to redeem. And maybe for some of you, you don't know Jesus. And uh, this, this story, you know, this, you're feeling a prompting in your heart that there may be fresh hope for you. I want to pray with you this morning. And when we ask you, would you just raise your hand? Would you just request to pray with us? Because we want to we wanna lead you to Jesus. He's, he's ready and, and waiting to redeem to redeem you, to redeem your heart, to redeem your future. He's ready and waiting. So church, can we pray? Can we pray together this morning? Lord, we wanna thank you just for your great redemption, Jesus. We wanna thank you that even as Boaz came and redeemed Ruth and, and how Ruth's story was just full and rich of tapestry of how you were weaving small moments and small decisions and small seasons into a greater story. Jesus, even like that, you are doing that in each and every one of our lives. Lord, I want to pray that you would help us discern the season that we're in. Jesus, I pray that you would help us, that you would give us the courage, that you would give us the strength to get up and to get busy. Lord, I just want to pray for an increase of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us now. I want to pray that we may gain clarity through the Holy Spirit to see what you're doing, to hear what you're saying, and to do what you're telling us to do, Jesus. Jesus, I want to pray that we would just ultimately, even as I preached a few months back, that we would acknowledge your Lordship in our lives, that we're not building our own hopes and dreams, that we're not building our own futures. But even as Ruth laid down her life, her own ambitions, her own future, to follow Noemi because you told her to, may we lay down our own hopes, our own ambitions, to ultimately glorify you, Jesus. We don't wanna build our own kingdoms, our own empires, our own dreams, our own hopes. We wanna surrender ourselves at your feet, Jesus. We wanna lay ourselves down and we wanna say, Jesus, all is for your glory. Our lives are for your glory. Our futures, our hopes, our dreams, they're all for you, Jesus. And you can have it all. In your name we pray. So church, it was so good to be with you this morning. Again, just want to remind you that when in doubt, go with what you know. Check your season, get busy in the waiting, take note of every decision you make and be reminded that there is nothing too far out of the reach of God.
that cannot be redeemed. Amen.